Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palmitano, that's it. Head coach Tony Ursland, and as uh, as we were talking before we came on air, uh, Coach, you did some things in Tulsa last week. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, a week and a half ago. figured we might as well get together and, and talk about them. Um, this was – well, I, I we've all got a lot of thoughts. The wrestling world has a lot of thoughts on some of the things that transpired. What are your thoughts on uh, just a weekend in total? Yeah, it was it was a whirlwind, and even though there was a lot of success, it's probably hard to believe I accumulated more gray hair than I had, um, just because obviously the wins were great, but right, like it was it was nip and tuck as you'd expect, but both between both Parker and Matt, like late comeback scoring at the end of periods, you know, just winning crucial points and big moments like you need to to have the tournament you want was kind of the order of the day for, for those guys. And so it was great that they they had the confidence to finish what they had started, you know, but man, at the same time, it was it was nerve wracking, you know, to, to be a coach and have to sit there and watch it all unfold was was a bit crazy to say the least. I'll echo Tony's sentiments in the fact that, you know, uh, it was bad for my heart. <laughs> like those guys, you know, you talk about Matt and, and Parker specifically, like the comebacks and the being behind and then, you know, the big moves and all that stuff. Like it was just horrible for the ticker for, uh, for, for those, those three days in March when, when you're sitting there and, you know, these kids got so much riding on it and they put in so much work and you're wanting all these great things for them. Um, you know, they're probably secretly laughing at the way that they tortured us with some of the finishes to some of those matches. Yeah, yeah, there's some sadistic dudes. They love it, you know. <laughs> they did. You know, and the other thing that's funny, they're not funny to me, but I found fascinating is um, even when we're in those late, deep moments, how confident you could see our guys were. And even as a staff where we were, you knew a lot hung in the balance. Mm. But I'll use an example like with Parker. Parker's down at 1.5 to 1 in the third period and on bottom against the five seed Jack from NC state mm-hmm. and still never a, a doubt, you know, in his face, knowing that he was going to win and what he had to do to get it done, you know? So it just, it, I was amazed at how in control they looked no matter what the score was or how, how little time on the clock there seemed to be. They, they wrestled to the end and through the periods and, and made it go their way. So even though it was hard on, on us as observers, Boy, they they did. They always looked in control and confident that um, that they were going to get this done. They knew they were in, in shape and that they were going to wrestle through and find a way. And that that was 
a lot of fun as a coach to see the confidence on their face in those situations. Um, Tony, you've dealt with some, you, you talk about dealing with torture. Uh, you, you've dealt with some torture over your years at Purdue. With <laughs> I think we counted nine guys going out in the blood round. Nine, yeah. Um, you know, losing the 2020 season due to COVID and, and not letting to see that group, uh, you know, finish, finish its business. Um, for you personally, how, what did it, what did it mean to you to get those guys up there and have the weekend that the team had? Yeah, it's just very gratifying because right. You're in the room daily with them and it's a year round process, right? Like we've already started on next year with that group, you know, you're, you're back in the room and you're going. Um, and so when you understand how much work and time goes into it, uh, in emotion, it's, it's, it's extremely gratifying. I mean, if you look at some of those pictures, you know, I got ear to ear smiles for those guys. And so you're just so proud that they reached, you know, some big, big goals for them and big goals for the program too. Those are big things. And, you know, and we struggled this year as a duel for different reasons. We've talked about injuries and youth of the group, but to still see everybody come through and do their best wrestling at the end, which is what it's about for us was, was awesome. And it makes you feel good as a coach. You know, um, the, the line that gets used sometimes for nationals is it's weddings and it's funerals. You know, that's the way you look at it, right? Like it's weddings. When those guys reach their, their goals, man, you are so happy and proud for them um, to see, you know, get what they want. And at the same time, there's heartbreak for others because a lot of others don't get there and they still put in the time and effort, you know, and, and I'll use a guy like, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Matt and, and Parker, but like Kendall, who all year had just a, just a tremendous year and was disciplined and worked hard and gave you everything he had, you know, that's tough. You know, that's, that's hard on, that's hard on Kendall. It's hard on us. It's, it's hard on us when you see a young man give you everything he's got and he was just short. So, you know, it's, it's weddings and it's funerals to, to, to kind of just frame it as a picture. You know, that's, somewhat jokingly, right? I, I don't want to offend anybody with funerals, but it's right. that's what you, you give everything. And, and when you get there, boy, you're really excited and happy. And when you come up short, man, it's hard. It's hard. And so when you go back and you think about nine guys in the blood round and short for different reasons, and that's, that's tough because you know what goes into it. And then even, you know, that year for, for COVID, uh, four guys seated top six, no doubt in my mind, there was all Americans in there. And what's even worse is guys like Lighty and Bruner didn't get those years back. Yeah. So that hurts your heart, right? Again, uh, almost a lifetime of work, um, is snatched from you, right? Taken for different reasons. So, and, and again, not a doubt in my mind that we had guys like Lighty and Bruner, you know, who were going to be all Americans and of course, Kendall and, and, uh, Devin were in that group too. So yep. yeah, it's, it's gratifying and you like to see that payoff. And, and again, right. To have a guy like Matt in the room, you know, Parker did it and, and he will help guys cause he's still around. He's going to mentor guys and, and help them this spring. But, you know, to have Matt back in the room, you know, I think that that helps the program as well. So yeah, big, big, uh, big weekend for us on a couple of different uh, fronts. Um, just throwing some numbers and perspective for people. Uh, Finished tied 20th as a team. Um, Purdue's first top 20 finish since oh, I just had this up, but I'm going to yeah. lose. What did I say? 03? 03. Yeah, it was our best team finish since, oh no, 06. They were 20th as well. 
2006, they were 20th. Okay. Uh, first time with two All-Americans since 2006. First time with an All-American since 2013. Um, first national finalist since 2006. Uh, you know, you could keep going on and on and on and on about, about what that, you know, that little group, um, you know, was able to do, uh, talking about the rest of the group, you only took, you know, we only took four, which has been, you know, down from the trend. We'd had at least seven for five years running, um, took four guys, uh, all four guys found a way to win a match at nationals and, it's a little thing, but it's a big thing, right? Yep. Yeah, success, and, and, I, and I'll say, I've said this before, but the coach and me, I, I'd rather repeat myself and over-communicate, right? You've got to sometimes settle, celebrate the small things. Like you say, hey, everybody won a match, but one of those guys was a freshman who was there for the first time, mm -hmm. and that experience will pay him back. He, he got found a way to get his hand raised on a big stage, and we've got three more years with him. So you hope that translate into excitement and he's going to rededicate himself, do more and then have a better tournament next year. So to me, right, there's big things to celebrate and then there's small things and, and all of them are important, you know, to those, those kids. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's dive into some of the individual performances. Uh, you know, we just talked about Hayden Copas went one and two, uh, earned a nice win over Travis Stefanik. Um, you know, as you said, just a freshman, going to be back. Um, Kendall Coleman, 157 pounds, also went one and two, um, had a nice first round win. Um, you know, ran into the five seed in the second round, Josh Humphreys from uh, Lehigh, and lost a tight one to him, um, you know, once again in, in a crazy scramble that he yeah. initiated and <clears throat> so on and so forth. And then, uh, and then had a, you know, gave up a late takedown to exit the tournament, um, on the backside. Uh, you can't say enough good things about Kenny. I mean, yeah, he, he, he is one of the guys over the last few years who's brought a lot of national attention to our program, obviously a ton of fun to watch wrestle, um, finished with over 300 takedowns in his career. Um, just all in all, just everything that, you know, tell us about everything that Kenny has given. To the yeah. yeah, no, I, it, yeah. Kenny's, Kenny's the man. Like he got in a unique, exciting style that is just awesome and fun to watch. That's great, great for the sport, you know, to have that kind of excitement on the mat uh, and that kind of ability to score. And so he's, he's been awesome in that way. And then again, just to know what he gave you, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and he had that middle patch in his career, right? Like he started off like a whirlwind, just people didn't know who he was and just, you know, went to what the five seed maybe as a freshman at nationals, big mm -hmm. 10 runner up. Yeah. And then in the middle of his career, of course you had COVID, but there was injuries and just all kinds of adversity for, for Kenny to get back to this year and and be really disciplined like how he handled his, his weight and how he trained and the results that he got uh was impressive so he's done a lot for us and and even though i know he was short of his ultimate goals there's a lot to be proud of for him and a lot of um uh, foundation left for this program and and one of my goals in the middle of this year 
you know, when we were on the struggle bus a bit, at least from a dual, and you got a lot of young guys was, hey, we want to make sure the foundation, the program's firm, strong, solid, however you want to look at it, like that has to be built and be, you know, built in the right way. And, and Kenny was one of the guys who had helped us build that. So appreciative for him. And he's got to know that this years down the road, will be paying, he can be proud of what he's seeing and paying him back. Uh, I remain uh, less than satisfied with his national seed. And, yeah. you know, we can always play into what if and and yeah. where, where, where would have gone if, if that would have gone a little different. Um, and it's yeah. kind of a track here, but I do think there's a conversation to be had about, I feel like there's so much weight placed on the conference tournaments. And I, I still don't understand it from a national seeding perspective. And, you know, you saw Kendall, you take him specifically, you saw him, you know, top guy in the country all season, ranked in the top all season, all yeah. top, top eight front to back. Yep. Yeah. Um, anywhere from three to five for a majority of the year. Yep. Yeah. And, and because he was performing, not just he wasn't getting by on, on reputation. No. He went out there and was doing it. Beat yeah. real guys. Um, he, he goes to Big Tens. He, uh, you know, he loses to the kid who's the eventual, you know, national runner up. Yep. You know, in a scramble. In a crazy 3 2 final <laughs> in the semis. You know, gets his bell rung in his next match. And, you know, Which finishes. I don't the- feel like was, was really out there. No. No. Talking about it, you know, he was, he, he was, he got, he got hit in the head pretty hard and got his bell wrong, had stitches because of it, you know, and yeah, no doubt. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and, and as a result, you drop him down to the 12, he's three, he's three seeds behind a guy that he was two and oh against on the year. Yeah. And so, I mean, without going too far away from, from everything else we're talking about, um, the way the national, the, the way those conference tournaments are weighted in the selection process has been interesting, for sure. I and we can do another show on seating, right? I mean, we could yeah. do a whole nother show on seating and who got slighted, who didn't, who received some things they shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like I said, I, I just don't want to detract uh, because that's out of Kendall's hands, right? I mean, that's sure. right. At the end of the day, I we can debate it, and I and I'm going to agree with you, right? I mean, we know where we're at, but um, that's out of Kendall's hands, and all he can focus on is his own business. And I'll tell you what, the kid did a good job taking care of his business uh, majority of the year, and it, you know, it's just small things, right? It's it's a one scramble you lose, you know what I mean? Uh, changes the tournament, and and so, you know, he should still be proud, and I'm sure everybody is, right? He's just a great kid and been a great model for our program. So, um, you know, I'll send him off with a lot of gratitude for his hard work and, and appreciation for what he's done. hundred percent. Um, you know, we'll go to a, a senior Parker Phileas, uh, came back for the sixth year and, uh, found a way to find a way to get what he wanted. Yeah. And, and uh, the interesting thing about Parker, people want, that have not been around maybe don't know. Like, obviously, Parker dropped a couple matches earlier in the year, and we've always talked about his hit list being strong. So we knew he was capable, but 
I don't know if many people knew how good he, he was and, and maybe the mindset that he had put himself in. If you watch Big Tens all the way through, you had a really good inkling that he was wrestling really well. And I know we talked about it, but I just think even as a staff, we were really impressed about emotionally and where his headspace was that last month of the season. Like he was very strong in his belief and then even in control of his mind and in his emotions. And that's what it takes like to execute under the most uh, the toughest of conditions, which is what you have to do at nationals. You got to really be in control of yourself emotionally too, that mindset. And, and I thought he was, he was really good, especially that last month of the season that not only, um, you know, knowing he's capable, but man, being in control of it through uh, every match. And that, and that was awesome to see um, the, the, the one example I'll give to people too, you know, in that, in that, uh, Second round match, the five seed again. He's down five to one, and he's cool as a cucumber. And, uh, and he knows. You can see in his face, he, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get a takedown. I'm going to get on him. We're going to get this done. Mm -hmm. And never wavered in that in his eyes. So I always I thought that was really impressive. And if you want, you know, he he he, he beat up Cleveland Belton, um, you know, Oregon State young man who's talented, very good kid, had beaten Parker at, at Vegas. Mm -hmm. And he rolled, you know, that's eight to two or eight to three, I think, and just looked supremely in command, followed it up with, with late match heroics against Jack. And then again, you know, uh, Swiderski, right? Never, you know, yep. down early with a takedown, but you can see him building and building and, and it's coming. And then he, by, by the time he got to his placing match, he had such confidence, like he was down early against D'Amelio, but you never sweated it. Late in the match, he takes control and gets it done in overtime. So really impressed with not only that he wrestled very well, but never out of control of his emotions and understanding that he wasn't ever out of the match. Just to walk people through Parker's tournament as the 12 seed, um, as, as coach said, uh, first round, Oregon state, Cleveland Belton put up an eight, three win second round, uh, five seed Ryan Jack from North Carolina state trailed five, one going into the third period and pulled out a seven, six victory. Um, lost in the quarterfinals to Nebraska's Brock Hardy. Yep. Came back in the backside in the blood round. <clears throat> uh, pinned Casey Swiderski at, in the, at the six-minute mark. Lost a tight one to Kale Carlson of South Dakota State in the next round. And finished off in the seventh-place match with an 8-4 sudden victory win over Ohio State's Dylan D'Amelio. Yep. Um, It's so amazing. You know, you talk about, you talked a little bit about Parker's headspace and you talked about, you know, one of the things that the headspace was something that kind of plagued Parker throughout his career. You know, he could, he could get in and out of mindsets that would take him in and out of matches. Um, to see him put that all together for that weekend, um, how satisfying is that as, as a coach and, and, you know, the other staff members and, and for everything you guys poured into Parker? Yeah. I mean, it, it, very satisfying. And it just, it, it takes you way back. It's like raising your kids, right? I mean, you, you look back on their life and they grew, maybe they graduate high school and it, it forces you to look back and think about everything. And it, it does the same for Parker, where you think about his journey where he's up at 49, you know, which was his wrong weight class. And we had to get him back down to 41 the discipline that takes as a big kid, how he had to change his lifestyle and those things and, you know, qualified for nationals every year, but still a little short. Right. And because of, Hey, it takes, you know, it takes three days, three days of really being dialed in and not wavering 
And to see him, you know, kind of push any past history aside and really focus on the job at hand and just the process of what he had to do to win was, was like I said, was impressive. And I go back to all of those things from when he first came in, trying to figure out what it's going to take to be successful, to wondering, can I do this? To making decisions that, yes, I want to do this. And then he's he's putting in place the lifestyle and the work ethic needed. And then finally, everything comes together for him. That's where you get really excited for that. And that's where I go, you know, as I, as I think back when you say, hey, how satisfying is that? That's where my head goes immediately. Um, fun story about Parker. Um, you know, we're, the national tournament, I'm sure we've talked about this a little bit, but as, as people may or may not know, like just because you have one guy do something doesn't take away, like all of a sudden you've got some other guy doing something and you've got to transition from one moment to the other. And, you know, we've got our variety of staff members there and we all have our different jobs and we're all trying to do things. And so after Matt Ramos finished his, uh, his quarterfinal match or no, is a semifinal match. Yeah. Semi. <clears throat> the yeah. Big one. I'm with Matt in the back with ESPN and the press conference and so on and so forth and trying to get through him, him through all the, the things he has to do. Parker's wrestling in the blood round. Yeah. So I'm in the press conference with Ramos. You know, he's up on the podium. He's got all the people talking to him and asking him questions. I've got my phone in the back <laughs> watching Parker. And Parker locks up and, and hits his whip over on Swiderski. And has him on his back. And so I'm squirming and getting excited and trying to be quiet and whatnot. I go over to, to Leroy Vega and I bump him and I show him what's going on. And as I show it to him, Parker gets the fall. And so we're losing our minds over here in the side of the press conference. And we get some dirty looks from people. And Maddie looks at us and we're like, hey, Parker, Parker got it done, Maddie. He's all American. Yeah. So, you know, then Maddie starts getting all excited and, and whatnot. And so, of course, in Ramos's excitement, he turns and sprints out of the press conference. You know, they finish up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the other side of the arena. So we're going halfway around the BOK. And, uh, yeah, and we're chasing Ramos because, you know, of course, that's, you know, guy starts running, everybody starts running. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, the old guys are all out of breath and, and, and the young guys are all happy. And it was, it was, it was a pretty yeah. fun scene to see yeah. him and Ramos celebrate together. Yeah, absolutely. That big hug. No doubt. And that was a great moment. You know, and the coach and me, right, I'm the one worrying about, you know, Matt wins, gets the upset, momentous, you know, uh, upset. And then, but then immediately we're like, all right, Parker's up in about 15 to 20. And so you're like, you got to get Parker back in the right headspace, keep yep. him focused, can't let him, you know, be too happy for Matt because, hey, we got work to do. And so that was a, it was about a crazy half hour from Matt conclusion to Parker coming out and getting it done. And I'm, like I said, super glad it happened because it's weddings and it's funerals. Otherwise, right. You could have gone from the highest of high to, yeah. Oh my goodness. You know? And so that was, that was a great half hour uh, for me personally. And just glad to, again, distractions for everybody. Those are distractions. Your teammate does something momentous. You got to go out and perform. You got to get right back in it. And that's why, like I said, I thought Parker was, was, was great at just containing you know, uh, his emotions and his thoughts and staying focused on the job at hand. And it blew, it blows my mind a little bit. You know, you just talked about it being like a half hour and in the moment it did not, it seemed much shorter. It seemed yeah. like it all kind of happened all together, but the reality was, is it, it was a full, like, you know, like 30 minutes of like yeah. 
doing all kinds of different things. And like you said, managing emotions and getting one guy ready for the next thing and the staff having to split up to do two different things. And yeah. um, it was th to think that all that happened in, in 30 minutes is a little wild. No, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that roller coaster ride we were talking about. Only that was all good, right? I mean, that was all that was all good at that time. So that was a ride you like to get on, you know. Yeah, for sure. One um, one quick note before we move on from Parker. Um, I love just looking back, you know, looking back and ready for the show. His his seventh place match against uh, Dylan D'Amelio was the eight nine match in the first round at Big Tens this year. Yeah. So these yeah. two cats that are all Americans <laughs> that are wrestling for you know placement on the podium, they were uh, you know they were first round opponents in the Big Ten because it's just that's the Big Ten. Yeah, and and I hope and I think most people understand that, but that that's exactly right. That is the Big Ten. It is such a grind, you know what I mean? Um, that um, you know first rounds a you know kind of a blood round match or an all American mm -hmm. placing match, right? You just know that's what it is at Big Tens and. And, uh, and that's what I love about it. You know, I think oh, that's a lot of our kids love that too, but you have to embrace that. If you don't, this, this is not the place for you. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah, that was, uh, Corey, that's a very crazy and very interesting point to bring up. And, you know, you saw a lot of that at big tens last year. There was another, there was a match at another weight where the, the rematch of last year's finals was a six eleven match in the first round. So that that was kind of a crazy, another crazy circumstance that 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 kind of throws into that narrative of how insane the Big Ten can be. For real. Yeah. Um, last and certainly not least, um, I think people have probably heard of Matt Ramos at this point. Yeah, he's got a few mentions on uh, social media. I'm not sure what it's up to now, but uh, it was it was. <clears throat> wild beyond my imagination of how many people watched across all the the different um you know whether it's uh, instagram or facebook or you know twitter it was there were large numbers yeah. um i mean people have said this is the biggest or one of the biggest upsets in ncaa tournament history um for those that are live under a rock <laughs> Matt Ramos pulled off the improbable as the four seed got to the semifinals in, uh, as we mentioned before, heart-wrenching fashion. And we'll, we'll go through the first couple rounds. But um, took out three-time defending national champion Spencer Lee from Iowa in the semis, um, put him on his back in the final 15 seconds and, and, and got the fall, um, you know, had four backs coming, would have won the match anyway. But um, could you have imagined anything like that, Tony? I mean, yes, you 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 do. I mean, you do. I mean, like, listen, you, um, you never slap your guy on the rear end and send him out <laughs> expecting a loss. Like, that just doesn't happen. Sure. I mean, clearly climbing a mountain, right? But I, I, completely, like, we, 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 and we did genuinely, you know, felt like we were the better guy on our feet. And if you can limit opportunities from, from top, meaning Spencer on top, we had a really good chance. And so as the match kept progressing, um, you felt even better about it. I mean, I'm just telling you, like when, and then maybe we're jumping off topic, but yes, I can imagine it. We, we knew we can score from our feet, 
we knew we had a, a good game plan, you know, um, you know, going in. We felt good. I, we felt good about all that. You still realize how good Spencer Lee is, right? And, and sure. just like Matt, all props to Spencer. I mean, tremendous career, a lot of respect for him and the things he's had to go through in his career. So all, all, all respect for, for Spencer. But we felt really good about our guy. And so you get into the match, and we, we hit the double leg. And then we get four points, and we get two and two. And then we defend. You know Spencer wants to put himself on top, and Matt defends well. Doesn't give him the single leg. And not only does he do that, he, he starts working the upper body on him. And mm-hmm. we can see Spencer getting a bit uncomfortable with that. Like, to finish the first period 4-1, you're like, okay, man, we're really in a, in a great spot. Okay, Spencer takes top. He only gets the one turn. And then, you know, this sounds weird. You get turned. But we're like, all right, man, we this we did what we had to do here. Right. It's, it's back to feet. Now we can put ourselves back in a position to win. And, you know, so I just you just kept feeling better and better as the match went. And of course, we felt good about the matchup. You know, I'm, I'm not telling you like, hey, I'm not saying 100 percent we were winning that match. No, but right. we, we felt really good. Like there was nobody that was like, we can't win this match. You know, that was not our sentiment at all. And certainly you listen to Matt like he's like, don't be surprised because he knew in the duel. He got up big and he kind of took him aback and maybe he quit wrestling a bit, right? He he took his foot off the gas and even he was like, hey, I'm not being surprised. So that's why I say, no, we weren't surprised. But hey, you know, that's certainly you understand the what what kind of an upset it was. I definitely wanted to let you talk through that. Me too. Um, I, I Because everything was just awesome that you just said. But I, I think more of my, uh, <laughs> I think more of the intent of my question was more of um, the atmosphere and the feeling and the the way that we all reacted and and uh, the moment kind of after it yeah. finished. No, and that's fair, right? I mean, again, like the 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 moment because of what happened with the crowd as well, right? Like the energy in the building, right? Because of who Spencer is and what he had done the energy of the building was was crazy and you're in the match and we're feeling really good like i just described we're feeling really good about opportunities you know and um just how the energy was at the end was was the awesome part about it you know what i mean and 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 it just gets everybody excited you know including us as coaches you know um i tried to break my hand a few times hitting the mat and uh call the fall for the officials so no, you're right. Like the energy of that was tremendous. That's why you wrestle. You know, that's why you go to college. Like we tell the guys, oh, this is why you go to college, man. You want that. You don't want to fear moments like that. You want to embrace that. And, and clearly Matt had done that. Corey, I know you and I have talked about this, um, and, and Tony mentioned it a little bit. There were a variety of videos um, from different angles and different positions on the, uh, the end of that match. And being able to watch them various times and concentrate on a different person, yeah, you know, from from Purdue, you know, whether it was you, Tony, whether it was AJ, whether it was Vega, whether it was Ramos, whether it was Ryan Salerno, like seeing all these different people and their reactions to what was going on um, was nothing short of incredible. And if you haven't if you haven't done that as a fan, I highly encourage it to go back check the different angles, check the different, you know, the different videos that came out and watch the way people reacted. Cause it's hilarious. It's, it's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. The the night of the event, somebody from the somebody from the upper deck posted, you know, just a fan video on social, and it was the first time I was able to see the whole corner. You know, yeah. on TV, you can see you can see a little bit going on back there, and I hadn't seen the angles that that our guy uh, Lars got, who did a phenomenal job, by the way. Yes, um, he did. Seeing that angle from up top, seeing you popping down on the mat, like you said, trying to break your hand. AJ next to you doing the same thing. You know, Leroy over there doing the same. You got three guys calling a pin in the corner. Yeah. You <laughs> pop back up to your feet. It's just like, yep. you know, you guys were so, such such a joy to watch, you know, yep. see that moment unfold. And, and you know, we we work together. So we know each other a little bit. And, and the more you know somebody, the more you know how invested they are in something. And I know the investment that you guys, the time, the commitment that all of you put into to these moments for it, for it to pay off for all of you. is just it's so cool to see. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well said. I mean, it was that was awesome because it's uh, it's for everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Matt did all the heavy lifting and, and, and rightfully so. But, you know, you talk about, you know, AJ and you talk about Vega, who those guys are small guys, you know, smaller, lightweight coaches. They. They've invested a ton of time on the mat with him as well. You know, Salerno, who's every step of the way, the trainer, like, you know, Tanner, who who takes care of these guys, right? Like the investment from everybody, when you say it takes a village, that's right. And mm -hmm. to see something like that come to fruition is is big. And and you and you know, you don't always get those moments. So when you do, you want to capitalize. I'm really yeah. glad you talked about the game plan. I wanted to ask you about that. Uh of course, it was up to Maddie to to execute it, and he did flawlessly. Yeah. But to come up with like it, it played out exactly how it needed to play out. Like you said, playing, mm -hmm. you know, getting on bottom in the second, knowing what that's going to have to be, stayed yep. wide, kept his base, kept limited the damage, and, yep. and and then the review, which we'll keep our opinions of how that review came yeah, right. out to ourselves for yep. fear of. Uh, people being upset with us, but uh, even the review, I think, you know, it, it allowed everything to reset a little bit, focus on the last 40 seconds and here we go. Yeah. And I would say the, the review at the time, right? Like I'm, I'm really upset because not only did I believe uh, Spencer was out, foot went yeah. out, maybe came back in, but they had a whistle. And I've said this, I talked with the NCAA guys. There is, there was a whistle and both officials called no takedown. And I was like, Hey, doesn't matter if his foot looks like it in at the end because the whistle was already blown. That's all dead. Uh, but there was not an answer of is, are they going to hear the whistle up top? Like they see mm -hmm. the video, but I don't know if they had sound. And so, you know, it was interesting to me that not only did it, it look like his foot went out to come back in, but I thought the whistle blew everything dead before his foot may have settled back in. Well, and, and like you said, in the moment, I could hear it on the broadcast because I'm sitting in my living room watching this, right. not in the BOK arena. Like you said, in the moment, you know, you hear the whistle, you relax. Yep. Yeah, yeah. everything's maybe dead after maybe that. Maybe there's a takedown after the whistle, but it doesn't count because the whistle. Right. But once you get past that, like I said, like I'm upset, mm -hmm. but um, we still came back to man. Like, listen, we're still right where we want to be. Okay. When the whistle, when, when it blows, no matter, we're moving. Right. And it had yeah. Matt's sense of urgency, the way I would say. Matt would say, hey, just keep moving. Like that, his word to himself would just keep it moving. Yep. And when the whistle blew, he got it moving. 
And I don't know if if his sense of urgency would have been the same if there was no takedown. He might have said, "Hey, I got time. Let's just and, down and, one. I mean, that whistle blew, and that and and he got it moving, and yep. so got to his feet. Still kept his wrist free. Didn't give him the wrist yep. on the mat return. Executed the roll like he should. And now, hey, now it's wrestling, right? Now, now it's it's a mad dash where Spencer felt like he wanted to move into us, which helped us out, you know. And, and everybody's seen seen the head pinch to threaten the arm. So I thought at the end it actually helped Matt maybe a bit because that sense of urgency increased in his head, like I gotta go and I gotta go now, and that that kind of led us to where where he finished. You yeah. saw a lot of that narrative on uh, social media and from some of the various media media members in the community about about how that all went down. And so that that's a, uh, it's, it's a really interesting way to look at it, but it's, but it's, uh, there's definitely some truth to it. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at it that way too, partly because it went your way. Right. You know, yes. if, if it doesn't go our way and we gave it the takedown, we get rolled out. I, I'm probably singing a different story. I mean, I understand that, but I truly believe like, if you look at Matt's tournament too, and, the, and why I bring it up when Matt's sense of urgency to wrestle was high, he scored. Yep. Double OT, second round, NC State. We got to cut a guy. Like, it's either ride him out to go to OT again or, yeah. or cut him and take him down. And he cut him, and his sense of urgency was high, and he went and he scored with little to no time. He got reversed – or not reversed, sorry. He uh, he got taken down by Cardinal. He had to re- get the reverse or get the escape. His sense of urgency was high, and he scrambles out for two and, and, and wins the match. So – that's where I'm at with it. Like when his sense of urgency was high, man, he was hard to stop. And so now for us, you know, then that, like I said, how the takedown went down, it got a sense of urgency. high. My, my thing now is how do I keep that sense of urgency in Matt until the day he hangs up his wrestling shoes? Yeah. Cause then he's a, he's a really bad man. And he knows that. Cause we've talked about it. Like when his sense of urgency to score, go score and create is high, a bad man. So. Yeah. Seven minutes of that would be terrifying. Yes. Yeah, seven minutes of that wouldn't go seven minutes a lot of times, I don't think. <laughs> right? So so for um, me, right, that's where we want to go. Yeah. That's why I'm I guess that's why I'm thinking about it. You know, that's why it's on my head. Well, that's what's that's what's next for him, you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, you know, Tony, you started to get into some of it. Uh it, it would be remiss to only focus on the Spencer Lee match because every single match he wrestled <laughs> yeah. in the tournament was a nail biter. Um, one point win in the first round, one point win in the second round, one point win in the quarterfinals. Um, he found, he just found ways to win. Yeah. And there is something to absolutely be said for that, especially in the last tournament of the year, no doubt. Right. Um, something to be said for that. And I'll, I'll tell you the match I'm most upset with him about if we're going to pick on it, right. Cause we're talking about a cardiac kid that first match, especially against yeah. uh, the Stanford guy, he took him down early and then mm-hmm. he kind of shut it down and, and got a little cute with it. And now he's doing the splits on the edge of the mat at the very end, right? Like yeah. you, he left that in doubt a little bit. And so that's where, you know, you want him to understand like, Hey, we won, feel good about it, but no man, like that's the wrong approach. Like we got to change that. And you did see him getting better as the tournament win uh, went on. Sorry. And I thought his best match was the semi. You know, he, he he was forced to stay aggressive throughout for, for different reasons, and he did, and he really made it go his way. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, the there's margin, no. man, the margin is paper thin. Yeah. Paper and, thin and between, right. a, between a first-round loss yep. to a 29 seed 
and yep. and one of the biggest upsets in tournament history. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Tanner talked about right, like like Kendall Coleman, the margin yep. of he lost a scramble to the five who went on to place really high. That's the margin between Kendall being high up on the podium and and not yep. and and un, and un dissatisfied as we are, you know. But but that's also the the beauty of sports. I'll say that. You know that that there is a beauty in that. It's gut wrenching, and and you know, twenty five years of of national championships, I've had a lot of both. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a lot of really great memories, like uh, like what Matt did and, and Jordan Burroughs and other guys. That, and then there's there's a lot of heartbreak too, but I think that's part of the beauty of it. And I, I you know, every year we'll keep investing at the same level because because um, you know it's it's worth it. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on regarding nationals, and I think that uh, this was pretty cool for me, um, the, the trip home, Tony. We uh, we got up the next morning, you know, we got up Sunday and loaded up the cars and, and drove back to Oklahoma City and, and, and got to the airport. But it was um, the way people approached us and, you know, whether it was you or Matt, or just anybody wearing Purdue gear and had things to say. And, you know, we're excited about Matt and we're excited about our performance as a team. Like it was, um, it was surreal to, to see the way people and the wrestling community uh, kind of embraced Purdue. Yeah, that was, it was great. Um, and, and I think Matt being who he is too, right. Was awesome. Right. You know, just, very down to earth, you know, easy to talk to great, gracious kid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so I thought that was awesome. Um, and, and I appreciated too, like some of the best things we got were some from Iowa fans and still right. Heartbreak for Spencer on their end. They absolutely wanted to see their man win, but at the end, you know, reaching out and saying, Hey, um, you know, love your guy, Matt, you know, met him. You know, we got an email. I think it was sent to our AD, you know, Mike Bobinski, And then even said, Hey, Met him in the airport. Loved your guys. Represent your represents your school and your athletic department tremendously. You know, really, you know, happy. You know, heartbreak for our guy. True, but here, here were things. Enjoyed talking to him, and and how they represented Purdue. You guys should be really happy, and that means a lot to a coach. The winning is great, um, but for me, it's still not a zero sum game, right? Like it, we're not. It's not win or nothing, you know. And this isn't the NBA or the NFL. These young men, right, all go on to jobs and lives, and so it's it's not a zero sum game. So those things do mean a lot. You know, you you sacrifice everything to get your hand raised and be on that podium at the end of the year, but those things still matter. And and I thought that was a really great thing that came out of, you know, him winning and and how he was greeted and, and some of those interactions. I thought uh, there was a photo um, on social media of. Maddie and Spencer sitting before their award presentation, shaking hands. Yeah. And it, it, it was, it's a really cool moment as far as like looking at, you, know, you talk about the sportsmanship between two guys who just put it all out there and, and, you know, yeah. made history very positively for one and negatively for another. Um, yeah. But uh, no, it was, it was pretty awesome to see just random, just strangers kind of coming up to our kids and, saying congrats and, you know, handshakes and autographs and pictures and, and all kinds of stuff as they, uh, as, as we traveled back, you know, to West Lafayette. 
Yeah. No, no doubt. It was cool. It, it reminds you a lot. Again, uh, it's a lot about what's good in sport. You know, there is heartbreak on one side, but you want to risk that. I think there's beauty in that and the work and the discipline and everything that goes into it is awesome. And so that other side of the coin, when you're done to have respect and you got to earn respect, you know, Spencer ain't going to give respect to a guy who hasn't earned it. You know what I mean? Right. That's my opinion. You got to go earn it. And uh, and so to see those guys acknowledge that, you know, uh, on some level was 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 good. That's what's great. Again, it's what's probably best about sports. Um, in closing on that, I, there was one other interaction that, you know, I, I'd like Tony to, to bring up about the fact that we had somebody approach us and they were like, oh, your tournament was great, but that's not why we want to say hi. Do you remember? Do you remember this one, Tony? No, you, you're 87 conversations ago. Bring this up. Refresh my memory. <laughs> we had somebody approach us in the airport in Oklahoma City who was a fan of the podcast. Oh yes, thank you. Love it. Yes, I was like, that was a, a lot of con- yes. So to give you you guys your props. <laughs> no, and Corey, you weren't there. Tanner was there. So I think I, I actually I think I actually rubbed Tanner's bald head like a crystal ball. <laughs> This, this, uh, this, uh, I'll call her young lady. You know what I mean? Very nice, very nice woman came up and, and had some very nice comments about the podcast. North Carolina? She was wearing North Carolina gear. I didn't, we didn't have long enough to talk as we were walking about where she was from, but she did state that she really enjoyed the podcast. So Corey, you'd have got your head rubbed too, if you were there, buddy. I love it. But, um, I know Tanner, Tanner felt really good about that. And and that was just very random. Because everything was about, you know, our guys, like, hey, two All-Americans and Matt and the upset. And that was great. And, and this young lady came up and said, hey, love the podcast. And I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Here we go. So congrats to you two guys. <laughs> we, we've uh, had that before, but it's usually people with the last name Ursland or <laughs> parents of current and yeah. former wrestlers. So right, right. That, that's fantastic to hear. Yes, yes. I'm. Um, thank you for refreshing that, though, Tanner. That one did uh, come up for sure. That was awesome. It's pretty funny. So, <laughs> um, all in all, an amazing trip to Tulsa. Um, a uh, a heck of an exclamation point on a crazy year. Yep. And, uh, I, I mean, I'll never forget it. I know that much. I know that, you know, when, when I will never forget where I was when Matt Ramos pinned Spencer Lee and when, you know, Parker Phileas got his, you know, his stamp to, to become an all American. Those were, uh, those were pretty incredible moments. Yeah. And I think, um, as a coach, what has me excited too, especially with this young group. And we've got some really talented kids coming in. I mean, people who know who our signing class is, um, there's some really talented kids there as there, as well as some very good kids, you know, that were young kids new to the lineup. Uh, I'm excited about what this can do for them because there's multiple examples here of, of a guy like Parker, who is just a grinder and, and has paid dues and gotten better every step of the way. And they can see what that discipline and that uh, stick to it kind of mindset has done. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a guy like uh, Ramos, who was probably as big an underdog in a semifinal as anybody. Uh, what that belief and knowing your why and, hey, don't be surprised when I win. Right. If you watch his interviews, he, don't be surprised. And, and what that does for you when you have talent like he does, but then the belief in how he was talking to himself and what that's done for him. So I think there's a lot of great things for our young men to learn 
you know, both from a work ethic standpoint, as well as how you talk to yourself and create the belief that you need. Corey, I think that's a pretty good way to leave this. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, uh, we'll have future conversations uh, working on. We're, we're efforting uh, yep. getting Matt and Parker on the show in, in, in coming weeks. So it'll be really fun to go through this again from their mm -hmm. perspective. And I'd love, Tony, uh, not for today, but uh, to put a little historical context on this this thing as well, because uh, it's it's a really interesting conversation to have. Um, too, it it is, on. you know, and I'll tell you this, because I, I did take a few days of vacation the week after as well and had a lot of people come up and say things to me as as they do. I've tried to almost like stay out of it, right? Like I coach Matt, I'm biased, you know, and, and right. that in that regards, I already consider myself very biased because he's our guy. And so I've almost tried to let other people, uh, historians, people like you, people in the, in that realm who follow it, kind of make make their judgments or assessments on that. Certainly, I love it. You know, I'm excited for it. And it was it was really big. No denying, no denying that it was big. I almost just take a back seat to that conversation because that's that's our guy. You know, yes. I'm, I'm gonna support our guy, yep. and that's a big deal. So I, I let I almost kind of remove myself a bit from that uh, conversation, I guess. Well, it's funny that you say that. I know we're going we're going super long here. Um, I was having I was having a, a conversation. It can be a minute. It can be a long show. <laughs> right. People want to hear it. Um, I was talking with William uh, Soleil the other day, and and I was throwing out matches and names throughout the years, and he's like, you know what? I don't give a damn. It's Matt Ramos. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he, he's my guy, and until yeah. until uh, until I'm not working in this industry anymore, it'll be Matt Ramos. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> So yep. I, I respect your uh, I respect your stance there. For there sure. you go. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, great conversation. Great to hear all about this uh, this fantastic performance at nationals uh, from from the both of you. Thank you for that, and uh, we will look forward to uh, hearing from the hearing from the guys themselves here in coming weeks. Uh, uh, until then, boiler up. <laughs>